Let's get together, talk about the movies that we saw this week. We'll have discussions, talk film news, we'll laugh a lot and act like geeks. Sometimes we'll have a guest or two, sometimes it's just the two of us. Let's crack some jokes and tell some folks to come along and hang with us! Mike and Mike go to the movies. Mike and Mike go to the movies. Yeah! You have chosen wise. You know, it's funny that you would talk about the podcast who died in my arms. Because when I held Mike and Mike go to the movies and it was bleeding and dying, it begged me with her last breath that when I killed you, and make no mistake, I will fucking kill you, that I'd do it slow. I'm going to honor that promise. Or we could just like listen to Mike and Mike go to the movies. I think that's a great <laughs> a great solution to Ben Affleck. Uh, I'm Mike Smith. Joining me, as always, is a man who's got the con. <laughs> Mike DiCuccio. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing great just because you said that. You did the You've thing. got the con. Yeah. I have the con. <laughs> uh, how are you, Mike? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, the usual stuff around here, you know, uh, in Missoula's. Uh, COVID restrictions are uh, being lifted ever so slightly every couple of weeks, uh, which, you know, the town, from what I was reading, I believe Missoula will be roughly 70% vaccinated by like June, nice. uh, which is very encouraging to see. Uh, and now they're like actually like announcing concerts to happen in July and things like that, you know, at the outdoor venues and all that kind of stuff. It feels like life is actually like returning to normal in uh, in Montana, at least. And I know New York, where you are, uh, has announced a f- like lifting up, a bunch, lifting a bunch of restrictions and stuff, too. But I feel like you're less enthused about that where you are. Yeah. Yeah. I am personally not uh, jazzed about that at all. Uh, that seems like an awful idea. Literally this weekend, uh, like casual saw my next door neighbor like, hey, what's going on? Like, you know, just in the driveway uh, yeah. while we were out there with me and my parents and my dad was like, oh, did you get your vaccine? And she was like, no, I'm not going to. And then today the governor was like, yeah, 100 percent. Let's go. And I was like, this is why <laughs> people are going to die again. This is awful. What the fuck are we doing? So that's not great. Well, let's let's talk about movies instead of bad things. Yes, well, let's do that. Okay, wait, hold on. Let's talk about movies instead of real world bad things, because we're going to talk <laughs> about bad things. Uh, well, we're going to talk about one good movie and uh, one movie that is a uh, it's a question mark. Nothing. It's, it's nothing. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It's nothing. So we're doing a Mike makes Mike watch today and uh, we put it out there on Twitter uh, this past week to have our listeners decide what movies each of us would watch. I put out three movies for Mike to watch. He put out three movies for me to watch. And uh, Mike's poll went up first. Yes. Uh, and so, Mike, what were the three movies that uh, you put in the poll? Uh, they were Crimson Tide. Uh, 48 hours and a third uh, red eye was red the other eye. one. Yeah, red yeah, eye. yeah. Yeah. Wes Craven's red eye from 2005. So all movies that I would have at least had an interest in watching. I feel like red eye. I was kind of ambivalent about, but yeah. you were really enthusiastic about it recently on the podcast. I was like, okay, I would give red eye a shot, but all movies I had never seen all movies I've wanted to see for a while, especially Crimson Tide in 48 hours. Uh, so I was like, okay, that's, that's a good poll list i'm happy with those uh and then for my poll i chose chaos uh, <laughs> monster you absolute monster <laughs> uh i didn't mean to I, it was not the original intention for that poll to go the way it did uh-huh, uh-huh. and i need you to understand that even i gave you like a sort of an out like you did before the poll was even over i gave you like a little bit of an out and you said no no i'm committed to whatever the results of the poll were i will respect the results of the election yes that's right <laughs> which the, the will of the people will be honored exactly uh and so for my poll for you uh i listed jackie brown which is a quentin tarantino movie that you've never seen uh, i believe it's the only tarantino movie you've never seen and we've talked about it a lot and it's one that i was like oh man that's that would be a great 
episode to talk about. And honestly, I thought that would be the winner. I thought Jackie Brown was like straight up going to be you, the one that would win that. You sweet summer child. <laughs> Maybe that was my naivete talking. But uh, Jackie Brown was one. And then I threw in brain damage as like an outside chance. Uh, Frank Henenlotter brain damage, which I've talked about a bunch on this podcast in the past, a movie that I discovered last year and really, really loved. And then I threw in the Snyder Cut, which if you've listened to the podcast at all over the past few weeks, uh, you'll know that uh, I talked about it at length when it first came out. And uh, I wasn't necessarily enthusiastic about it, but I was really interested in it. You know, it was just one of those things that like really fascinated me. Uh, and I talked about it for like a good half hour in a discussions episode. And then the week after that, we did a let's rank alternate cuts episode where, right. uh, you know, we talked about other directors cuts and stuff like that, which was a lot of fun and kind of spurred on by the Snyder cuts. And we've talked about it here and there since then. Like it's come up with different guests and stuff like, hey, what do you think of the Snyder cut or that kind of yeah. thing? like whatever? But through it all. You were pretty adamant that you had very little interest in the Snyder Cut, right, Mike? Correct. Yeah, uh, I didn't didn't really want to watch it. I remember not liking the theatrical version, uh, and I didn't really particularly care to watch a four hour version of that. And, you know, it's, there may have been differences and stuff, but it just was one of those things uh, I, I talked about. I've mentioned before, there's that like Guillermo del Toro quote. Uh, that I think he's specifically talking about video games where he says, like, you know, if he's playing a game and he's not having fun, he stops uh, because he doesn't do homework with his real life. Right. And that's sort of how I felt uh, philosophically beforehand. And then I had even mentioned, like, oh, depending on how I feel after the vaccine, uh, I would watch it, you know, if I was like in the kind of fever dream state. Uh, right. Like but, you just need to like brainlessly put something on TV for a few hours yeah. and just sit on the couch. Right. And I chose good time instead. Um so that should tell you, I guess, of my also my uh, opinion of where I thought this movie would land. But alas, uh, the the people you always always count on the meme, Mike. Uh, yeah, Snyder Cut one. Yeah, I suppose that's true. I wasn't even going to put it on the list. Like I was going to try to find a different movie, and then uh, you know I asked my girlfriend for a couple of suggestions because I you know you 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 do a pretty good job of like remembering movies that I haven't seen. Like if it just comes up in conversation and writing them down really quick, and so that it can come up on a Mike makes Mike watch. And for me, I'll, like, I'll try to do that. But ultimately, I'm like scrambling to find stuff <laughs> to it's throw little, in there. It's a little easier uh, for you to just like kind of randomly pick a movie. And I probably haven't seen it. But for you, who who did who diligently catalogs all your movies, uh, <laughs> it's a lot harder for me to know. Like, ah, definitely Mike hasn't seen this unless you specifically right. happen to mention in conversation that you haven't seen it. <laughs> right. And what was driving me crazy is that there was definitely we had a conversation like a week or two ago. I think we had just finished recording the podcast and we were talking about something and some movie came up and you mentioned you hadn't seen it and it was a great movie. And I was like, oh, man, I, 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 I got to use this movie for my Mike, Mike watch. I had that thought and I thought I wrote it down, but I didn't. Uh, and it has been driving me crazy for the past two weeks trying to figure out what movie that was. Uh, and it's just completely gone to the it's lost to the sands of time. Uh, and so that movie got replaced with the Snyder cuts uh, in, the, <laughs> in the poll because I was asking my girlfriend her opinion. I'm like, oh, any movies that like I've mentioned in the past that Mike hasn't seen or maybe I've used that you can think of or like one of your movies that Mike probably hasn't seen because she watches a lot of like, you know, mid 2000s teen girl movies. And uh, <laughs> those that would fucking rock, honestly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I saw how positively you responded to stick it on my Twitter account uh, <laughs> a few weeks ago. Mike. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. And you can't. I've seen that movie. You can't use it. You can't use I it. Could, couldn't use. Yeah. Couldn't you stick it unless I want to just make you rewatch stick it <laughs> uh, because I because I watched it and uh, I wasn't the biggest fan, but <laughs> it's how, fine. How dare. 
I know, I know, I'm, I'm a monster. Uh, but anyway, so she she actually suggested the Snyder cuts uh, because it's been like a recurring joke in the podcast uh. Uh, that that you haven't been watching it. And I was I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe I'll just throw it out there and. I'll say to Mike, like, listen, you can like actively campaign against the Snyder Cut. You can try to convince your friends to, you know, try to vote for something else. Like I, I voted for Jackie Brown in the poll. I <laughs> I wanted to talk about Jackie Brown today, Mike. We've talked about the Snyder Cut a lot. We have uh, on this podcast already. But now we're going to finally get your perspective on the movie, which uh, should be interesting, at least. Right. <laughs> I will try to have things to say. Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. So today we're going to be talking about. The Snyder Cut, and also Crimson Tide, the uh, Tony Scott 1995 movie with Denzel Washington and Gene Hackman. Uh, so, yeah, we'll have at least one really fun discussion and yeah. one uh, funeral dirge that'll be happening. <laughs> uh, and that will be, I think, the final word on the Snyder Cut on this podcast. God, please, please let it be no more. Uh, don't turn this into we can't replace the when the I bring Joker out, intro. <laughs> yeah, the Joker, <laughs> the Joker intro. With a half-hour Snyder Cut discussion every episode. <laughs> Please. <laughs> you are correct about that. All right, so yeah, this will be basically our final word on the Snyder Cut, barring any future developments, like if there's a Snyder Cut 2 or whatever that we got to make my watch. Yeah. Or, or something like that, which by all accounts seems like that's not happening, but you never know. Uh, I am very interested, by the way, in Zack Snyder's other new movie this year, which is coming out in a couple of weeks, uh, Army of the Dead, which is coming out on Netflix. It's a zombie heist movie with Dave Bautista. Like, that sounds great. I'm in. Yeah, I don't I you know, I didn't see any trailers or didn't watch any trailers, uh, but people seem to really be into that idea. And I'm, I'm down. Wow. OK, so so this this movie hasn't like poisoned the well of Zack Snyder for you, you're saying, Mike? Well, I mean, it's already uh, so the well, the, the bar <laughs> is so low. Uh, right. But yeah, this it, it hasn't. That, that seems really unique and fun and, and like interesting. So like at least there's that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, all right. So we're going to get into uh, Mike Makes Mike Watch in a second. First, got to tell everyone that uh, all the theme songs you're going to hear this episode were created by Kyle Cullen, who you can reach for your own podcast themes at kylespodcastthemes.gmail.com. And our logo was designed by Jacob Honeycutt or at Jacob Honey on Twitter. Daniel Clark does our social media. And if you ever want to contact us, respond to someone did in the show, you can tweet at us at Mike and Mike Pod. Uh, so now let's get into some Mike Makes Mike Watch. I only choose right. Mike's watching my All right, it's time for Mike Makes Mike Watch. And Mike, we'll let you choose first. Which movie would you want to talk about first? Crimson Tide or Zack Snyder's Justice League? Um, I think let's do Justice League first, because I think, uh, you know, the, the way we kind of talk about try to do these, I or I always when I pick like what would the double feature be? And I think I think ending the night on like a kind of like exciting nail biting thriller kind of thing <laughs> uh, after this four hour movie. Would make sure. sense if you were to watch these two movies together. You would want to watch the, the the hour and a half or whatever. I forget how long Crimson Tide is. It's about two hours. Yeah, uh, the, yeah the, just about the two hours punchy one second. Uh, yeah, fair enough. You sure you don't want to go and like you know have the big excitement stuff first with Crimson Tide and then really dive deep into the Snyderverse <laughs> right after that and like, just immediately fall asleep with how boring <laughs> Snyder Cut is. Uh, all right, so cool. Let's do Justice League first, starting right now. The bell's been rung. 
the god is dead. I had a dream. Almost like a premonition. I think there's an attack coming. My lord, this world will fall. I need warriors. I'm building an alliance to defend ourselves. How do you know your team's strong enough? If you can't bring down the charging bull, then don't wave the red cape at it. You were sent here for a reason. And even if it takes you the rest of your life, find out what that reason is. said the age of heroes will never come again. That was from the trailer for Zack Snyder's Justice League, a.k.a. The Snyder Cut, uh, the new director's cut of Justice League from 2017, uh, fully directed by Zack Snyder this time. Of course, the history of Justice League was that Zack Snyder was directing it and then uh, was left the project after a personal tragedy. And uh, Joss Whedon came in for uh, uncredited reshoots and basically like reshot like 75% of the movie and it became an entirely different thing. Yeah. Uh, so now Zack Snyder's Justice League, after a long, lengthy fan campaign, which got toxic at many different points, actually exists. No one ever thought it would actually happen, but it did uh, because Warner Brothers needed content for HBO Max yep. uh, and this fit the bill. So Zack Snyder's Justice League exists. It stars Ben Affleck as Batman, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, Henry Cavill as Superman, Ezra Miller as The Flash, Jason Momoa as Aquaman, Ray Fisher as Cyborg, and Kieran Hines as everyone's favorite villain, Steppenwolf. Uh, and he's born to be wild uh, and a lot more. <laughs> he's taking uh, the Justice League on a magic carpet. Ride, I was going to say, are they also the magic carpet ride guys? <laughs> they are. Those guys born to be wild and they had like one other big song and I'm blanking the, on what it was. The original American woman that Lenny like Kravitz. American woman. Yeah. I think it's the guess who. That's the uh, guess who. That might be that. guess who. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, try- I'm blanking on it. I'll, I'll look it up later. But uh, but anyway, he plays Steppenwolf, not the band, but the uh, <laughs> although he should have been playing all the members of the band Steppenwolf and they should have been the villains of <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League. Just shredding uh, guitars the whole time. You know, because they gave him a new like CGI makeover in this movie, so they might as well have just gone all the way and just dressed him up as the yeah. '70s Steppenwolf fan. I'm in. Uh, but all right, so Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> just it's five been- five band members in a trench coat. <laughs> It, it's like um, it, it would be like a, the kind of Jackson Five marionette thing that you could yeah. see, like <laughs> like as a Halloween costume. It would be that, but with the Steppenwolf. I'm in. <laughs> um, all right, so Zack Snyder's Justice League, the director's cut, the Snyder cut, has been available on HBO Max for about two months. Uh, it came out in March. 
maybe like maybe like a month and a half or something at this point. But it came out in March, and uh, I watched it the weekend it came out, and I talked about it on this podcast. It happened to be a weekend where my girlfriend was out dog sitting, unless she had to stay over at somebody right. else's house. So I had the house to myself, which ended up being good because there's no way she would have watched this movie with me, especially <laughs> it being four hours long. Uh, and so you know, she left, and it was like Saturday night, and. You know, turn all the lights off and just settled in and really like let myself get immersed in the experience of Zack Snyder's Justice League. And I came away from it thinking that it was a really interesting movie. I think a better movie than the 2017 movie, which I basically didn't remember at all. And I remember when we were talking about it a few weeks ago, you kept like bringing up scenes from Justice League. And I was like, no, those are scenes from Batman vs Superman uh, <laughs> <laughs> from an entirely different movie. Like the, the thing about 2017 Justice League isn't just that it's bad. It's bad and it's unmemorable. Right. Uh, so like basically as long as Zack Snyder's Justice League was memorable, it's arguably an improvement over the theatrical cut of the movie. And there are so many changes and so much stuff that like kind of locked into place for this movie for me, especially in regards to Cyborg's arc and all that stuff uh, that I found it really fascinating. And I think ultimately was kind of positive on it. And that did not convince you to watch it that weekend. Uh, and like we said that time, if you didn't watch it that weekend, there's a strong chance that you were never going to watch it until I threw it out there for Mike makes my <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Until it won the Twitter poll. And yeah, so I watched this uh, on the weekend Saturday, I think I'm with one of my friends and we were kind of hanging out in discord and we had my finger. My friend might've been playing Pokemon snap or whatever. I don't really remember. Uh, which just dropped also. Uh, oh, yeah, the new Pokemon Snap. I'm very excited for that. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon uh, Snap is, like, arguably one of the best games ever made. The N64 <laughs> version, yeah. it rocks. I've played that so many times. Undisputed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we were like, okay, you kind of ran it. We were like, all right, let's take a little break. Hold it, you know, whatever. And then we came back later about, like, half an I gotta, hour. I got to stop putting Pikachu on this surfboard and really get back into... <laughs> exactly, yeah. Whatever Pokemon Snap stuff. That's the thing I remember the most. <laughs> <laughs> and we came back into Discord, like, a half hour later... And I was like, I figured out what we're going to do. Uh, and I just basically held my friend hostage and I put on Snyder Cut um, without telling him. And he was like, ah, fine. Um, you monster. Yeah. So he started watching it. And then like an hour into it, one of my other friends popped into Discord and it makes like a little noise. If anyone doesn't use Discord, there's like a little notification. And there's also another notification when somebody joins like a stream. So he's yeah. like, oh, like, what are you guys watching? I'll check it out. Bloop. And he popped into the stream and he's like, ah, never mind. Bloop. And he just left <laughs> immediately. He's like, I got to want any part of this. I'll see you guys later. Bloop. And he disappeared. Uh, so I only watched with one friend. And what my overall takeaway for the Snyder cut for J Zack Snyder's The Justice League, or whatever it's called. Is it the Ju Justice League? It's just Justice League. It's cleaner. Just uh. Justice League. Uh, yeah, super clean. <laughs> Snyder cut. Nothing. This is nothing. This movie doesn't exist. What is you're all lying is what I'm saying. <laughs> this movie isn't interesting. I think it starts with the funny title card with the like, you know, this movie is presented in four or three to preserve the director's vision or whatever, or might even say yeah. Zack Snyder's vision. I don't remember. I was just very self-conscious or hyper-conscious that there were giant black bars on the sides of my screen the entire movie because there's never one single moment where I was like, wow, this is a beautiful vertical image. Like there's never once... <laughs> Where I was like, wow, this is awesome. I understand why he and he, that's like what he talked about, like the verticality of the movie. And I think that might be because of IMAX or whatever. And it doesn't yes. obviously doesn't translate to a 30 inch screen. I understand that. But at no point. <laughs> I like this is worth it. Yeah, uh, it, is, it is a strange choice to uh, adapt something for IMAX that's going to a streaming service. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what? what are you doing? Um, yeah, this really honestly just felt like a a exercise in bowing to toxic fandom uh, the fact that Warner Brothers had to give him 70 million dollars to create the, Z the Snyder Cut because the whole the fandom campaign was like this movie must exist in his original edit 
release it. Please release the Snyder Cut. And there, he was like, okay, give me a year to make the Snyder Cut. <laughs> um, which, whatever, <laughs> that's fine. I understand. Uh, it is cool, you know, like, on one level, yes, it's cool that Snyder got the chance to, like, reclaim his movie, you know? Like, it was left in, in a tragic circumstance and was kind of apparently, you know, destroyed, <laughs> kind of, you know, cut to shit by a different director. And and um, Ray Fisher, I remember, had the was very vocal about not liking that and being, like, you know, mad at Joss Whedon and... and when you see this version, it's like, oh, okay, I get it. I understand. <laughs> right. Um, like, in, in addition to, because Ray Fisher's allegations against Joss Whedon are, talk, are largely about him being, like, you know, verbally abusive on right. set and emotionally abusive and all that stuff. And Jeff Johns and a few other people that were in, like, the Warner Brothers circle yeah. uh, then. But uh, th- then you watch this movie. And, yeah, Ray Fisher had a lot more to do in the Snyder version of, uh, of Justice League. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah, it's literally, like, basically, from what I remember, the original cut, like, basically not a character in the, in the theatrical version. <laughs> I yeah, and that so that is another thing too. I like we talked about. You mentioned I kept talking about Batman vs Superman, so I have z- basically zero memory of what the theatrical version of this movie was. So when there yeah. was new stuff, I was like, I I can't I couldn't tell you what was new new footage versus old. I mean, obviously some things yes, but like what is expanded like that the the cool section there was a really cool section when um the whole plot with Steppenwolf finding each mother box and like when he goes to Thymascara and there's like that whole like rally race like relay race thing with the mother box I don't know. I think that might have been new. I have no idea. Maybe extended. Maybe a longer version of what that battle I think that was. was. I think that was an extended version. I feel like all the battle scenes and there's a few like side by side comparisons of certain scenes from uh-huh. this movie versus Joss Whedon's Justice League. And again, I, I say Joss Whedon's Justice League. He's an uncredited director on that movie. Yeah. Like it's still credited to Zack Snyder. Uh, he just reshot and you know redid rewrote most of the movie. Um, but even like the uh, the Wonder Woman in the bank scene towards the beginning. Yes. Um, there, there's a really great like side by side comparison of those two scenes and like the Zack Snyder version is like four to five minutes long compared to the Joss Whedon version, which is like two minutes long and cuts out a lot of the really cool action beats that happen there. Uh, it's just like Weird. stuff that like you see like stuff like edits that stop in the Joss Whedon version. They just continue in the Zack Snyder one. You see like, you know, uh. Wonder Woman like deflecting all the stuff with their wrist guards and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. So it is interesting to see some of those side by side comparisons. So I think a lot of the scenes are just longer than they right. are um but but there is stuff that just is fully added wholesale like cyborg's entire arc or uh you know i, I think one of the longer ones is like that big flashback to you know steppenwolf and his army attacking the first time or dark side and his army or whoever like oh. attacking the first time and all the armies coming together to fight him off and i think in the theatrical cut you get like 30 seconds of that or, or something and mm-hmm. like in this movie it's like 20 minutes it's like yeah. <laughs> you know this fellowship of the ring-esque like history of the world the like, first justice you know, league kind of <laughs> Yes, the mother box, the three mother boxes were made and one was given to man or, yeah, <laughs> you know? I did. I did really love in that sequence too. at the end of like the payoff to that whole big battle where it's like, oh, the Atlanteans get one and the Amazons get one and man gets one. and They just fucking bury it in a hole. Hilarious. <laughs> um, That's what uh, we would do if we had a mother box. Absolutely. But also <laughs> while we're talking about the mother boxes and dark side, the whole plot of this movie makes no sense. Uh, yeah. Like the fact that Darkseid invades Earth with the Mother Boxes, and Earth is the only planet ever to defeat him and repel his attack, which to the point where later on in the movie, uh, Dasad, I think, is talking, whatever, one of the, like, the metal guy <laughs> that uh, <laughs> Steppenwolf keeps talking to, like, Darkseid yeah. second, calls it the Defiance. Like, it's a mythological event. They just forgot where it was. <laughs> like, what? That's, that, that makes no sense. How the fuck? The only planet ever to defeat them or, and repel them. Whoops. Don't remember. They we forgot like to draw it on the map. What, what do you want? from? <laughs> I, yeah, 
Like, what? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, so, th- and then the fact that, like, oh, also the mother boxes are here. It's like, what? Anyway, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Which is a thing that doesn't really matter uh, until the very end of the movie, where I was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> where, where I think when uh, I think it's when Steppenwolf says like, oh, the anti-life equation or whatever is on this planet also, and it's like, oh. Yeah, like this is the one. This is the only planet. Uh, anyway, whatever. <laughs> yeah. That was weird. Um, but all, all the dark side stuff, by the way, is also yes. not in the theatrical cut. Like I dark side, they that. completely. I think I think they were originally planning to, and then uh, it just didn't happen. Basically, <laughs> like yeah. you know, I think because they were originally going to make two movies and like split it in half, uh, and then when that didn't happen because of the reception of Batman for Superman, uh, they cut Dark Side and made Justice League just like just about Steppenwolf, I believe. Right. Because I remember, I think it's the end of Batman for Superman where. Darkseid is like, they finally say Darkseid or you see his whatever with the yeah. like post-apocalypse bullshit uh, where Batman has guns, where like they kind of reference, like they wink at Darkseid being the villain and then he doesn't show up in the next movie. Uh, it's weird, <laughs> strange. Um, yeah. But then he does show up in this one. So like, yeah, there are moments throughout this movie, like the bank scene is kind of cool. The big battle like for Middle Earth uh, is pretty cool uh, with all the gods and stuff. And there's some stuff like that that like on its own is cool. But in a four hour movie, big, big negatives like, no, (laughs) you don't get to have a 10 minute cool scene and then two hours of nothing. And then a 10 minute (laughs) cool scene Uh, like, you know, like, you know what I mean? It just it's way too long in between the stuff that might be fun uh, for this to have been worth it in the slightest. Uh, So, like, I'll just say the people that voted for the Snyder Cut, we live in a society. What is wrong with you people? (laughs) Like, it's a joke, right? Like, this has to, like, I don't, I I didn't find it, like, mm, uh, I don't know. I feel mean saying that. But, like, you know, like I said, it is cool that Snyder got to, like, reclaim this and get to put out the vision that he would have put out if the tragedy didn't happen. Right. uh, Or would have gotten close to putting out. But it just doesn't, doesn't come close. Uh, It sets up, spends a lot of time setting up sequels that aren't going to happen. What is Martian Manhunter, even? What is that? (laughs) Um... Uh, the whole epilogue, having it being split into parts is weird. And I think that this that seems to be like a like it fits story beat wise what the chapters are and stuff. Yeah. But like it seems to sort of be like a concession to a long streaming movie that people can would be able to stream it in chunks kind of thing. Yeah. Well, it, at some point they were saying that this instead of being a movie, they were going to release it as a miniseries, like a oh, really? four, to, four to six part miniseries. And then it went back to being a movie uh, at with some the point. For, or with the Snyder Cut. With, the, with this version. Oh, uh, oh, with, this, oh. with the Snyder Cut, yeah. It is It is interesting that you uh, you mentioned that like, Snyder got to do his original vision because that's sort of how this is being sold as. But I don't think that it is that. Like, I feel like, <laughs> you know, th- this is not the movie that Snyder would have released in theaters in 2017. You know, right. like there's no there's no way he would have been allowed to release a yeah. four, a no, four yeah. hour superhero movie that was in four three and, you uh-huh. know, had all this other like shit going on in it. Uh, and it just it would have been structured differently. It would have probably like I could see I could see it maybe being three hours short, yeah. but uh, a four hour movie is pushing it like even like Avengers Endgame, like is the longest Marvel movie. And that was about three hours. Right. Uh, and like they probably are never going to get close to that runtime again for a long time. You know, they, they <laughs> 20 more movies. T- yeah. But typically they go to like the two and a half hour mark and that's like the max you go for a superhero movie. And then end game got, got like the special, like, okay, this is the end of the era kind of thing. You get an extra half hour kind of, right. <laughs> kind of deal. Uh, so justice league being four hours long makes me believe that this is not the version that Zack Snyder would have released originally. It does have all his footage, but I, be- I believe 
that the Snyder Cut is essentially like the assembly version of like the work print, uh, like the, the yeah. movie that would have been assembled before it had gotten cut down yeah. uh, for pacing reasons, for, you know, timing reasons, whatever it is. And then this version just now exists out there for the world. Like he got to just release like not not the theat- the version that he would have released theatrically, but like the version that they would have assembled when all the footage was put together. <laughs> right. And I can't you know? even, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I can't even quite put my finger on like a moment that felt too long. You know what I mean? Like, I can't be like, this is where they could have cut, cut stuff or whatever. Right. Because it just kind of exists in this state of nothingness as sort of like, I, I will remember this just as little as I remember the theatrical cut, uh, <laughs> which but I take that for what it is. But what I, oh, I was going to say about the chapters, it felt so weird that they all had subtitles or, you know, it was like chapter one, don't count on it, Batman or whatever the fuck. And chapter two, Dom has got a secret or exactly. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's got a, a line of dialogue that is usually said in that chapter in the first minute, um, which is like, it felt really fucking dumb. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's a in very, very particular, I think it's ch- chapter six or something. So it's towards the end uh, and it's after everything has happened and it's uh, kind of wrapping up Cyborg's arc where he like re re uh, I can't think of the word. He, he puts back together the tape cassette, uh, the cassette. Yeah. Like reassembles. Reassemble. Yeah. Was, yeah. Uh, reconstitutes, I think is what I was trying to say. Uh, sure. It just like whoosh, goes back together. Brand new ability. That's fine. We'll introduce it at the very end of the movie. But uh, which I guess maybe from the mother box. So whatever. But uh, the title of that <laughs> that chapter is literally the very first line that is played on the tape cassette when he, when he turned like the first line of dialogue uttered in that chapter. And it's where I realized it. And I was like, this feels really stupid. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Just, it would have just been better if it was, there was no subtitle that wasn't lines of dialogue, uh, which is a weird nitpick to have, but here we are. Yeah. Snyder cut. It's nothing. Uh, I want those four hours back. You all owe me four hours. (laughs) Yeah. Getting back to uh, the fan base that like allowed this to exist, like that created this. (laughs) That basically created this. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, you call it a toxic fan base, and I think large parts of it are. But I, I also think that all fan bases are toxic in some way, uh, just in terms of like defining your identity by a thing is very is a very difficult line to walk. Like, I, you know, there's so many fan bases on online that get very toxic very quickly. Like, I love Star Wars. I love Star Wars so much. And I hate talking about Star Wars on Twitter because, yeah. uh, you know, or like just reading about Star Wars online or whatever, because there's so much hatred and toxicity out there. Uh, and I think the DC movies uh, are sort of in the same way. I think the, D- the DC versus Marvel thing has like transferred from comics to film. Yeah. Uh, and so you have like, you know, Marvel stands who think Marvel can't do anything wrong. And you have DC stands who think that the Zack Snyder movies are the artistic achievement of all mankind <laughs> uh, and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Uh, so you have that going on. Um, but I, I do think the, uh, like the studio catering to a toxic fan base is something that we've seen more and more of in the last few years. Like I was, I was thinking back to where that all began because, you know, there have been toxic fans online for a long time. There's like, you know, I remember when like the dark Knight came out or the dark Knight rises came out and like somebody gave it a bad review and rotten tomatoes. So like, Hey, let's dox this person. We hate them right. uh, or whatever, like that kind of thing. Uh, and I think it stems back to the first time I can think of like a studio or like a corporation or whatever, bowing to a toxic fan base and like what they want was mass effect three, the video game mass effect three, which if you remember that game, uh-huh. the ending of that game was very controversial. Yes. Um, and, you know, nobody likes the ending. And there was like a huge campaign to just get Bioware to make a new ending. <laughs> 
And they did. Like, Bioware made a new ending to Mass Effect 3 and, like, you know, made a downloadable content and, like, effectively made that, like, like I don't think you can even play the original ending of Mass Effect 3 anymore. And so I, I feel like that may have been the first instance of, like, the online crowd has gotten so vocal uh, and weirdly so powerful in that way that like suddenly now like oh they're changing Sonic the Hedgehog and delaying it like two months like a year to change the design or whatever because people were upset about it online or you know the if you watched the rise of Skywalker after the last Jedi it feels like a reaction to all the complaints that people had about the last Jedi uh, or that kind of thing and so Zack Snyder's Justice League I think in a sense and I think the fan base did get toxic for a while but also like their whole thing was just like we want to allow the original creator of this to unleash his vision uh which you're way too much credit i think for giving them <laughs> not a chance it was this no. thing is bad i want a good version uh and the, well, anyway continue your, your that's thought. all that's that's also true i don't i don't disagree with that i think there's definitely a lot of people who were in that boat but i think mm-hmm. you know ultimately that's what they were effectively doing was like hey we want the original ver- the original version that we were meant to see all along or whatever like we wanted Zack snyder to finish whatever he started yeah i don't know what's going to happen from here i've already seen like you know like i, I guess soon as snyder came out like there was already a fan campaign to like, all right, let's let Zack Snyder make Justice League two and three. Right. And like, that's like, this was already a stretch to make this happen, you know, yeah. <laughs> on HBO Max. Uh, like, and the only reason it exists, like I said, Warner Brothers needs stuff for HBO Max. Uh, the, the launch for that platform was like pretty iffy at best. Like it was just, it was the most expensive streaming service uh, mm-hmm. already. There was a lot of confusion about what exactly it was. Like if it was just like an extension of HBO uh, or if it was like HBO and Cinemax like combined to make a streaming service or right. whatever. Like there was a lot of like confusion about what it was and there wasn't really like any like surefire like we got to bring people in with like this hit TV show or whatever. Like there's no like there wasn't an HBO Max original that people had to be like drawn to. Uh, like Netflix has like Stranger Things and stuff that's going to bring people in. Right. Uh and so that's why you got the deal with Warner Brothers uh, announcing that all their 2021 movies are going to be on HBO Max to, you know, draw people in on that way. Uh, and that's also why Zack Snyder's Justice League exists. It's because they knew it was something that there was a lot of fan demand for. So they were like, well, let's just make it. And <laughs> and they did. Uh, and now it exists. Yeah. Could you imagine if Star Wars or Lucasfilm or Disney, whatever, whoever on the chain <laughs> was like, yeah, let's make a let's do a different like producer's cut of Last Jedi or something like that. Could you imagine if that's if that happened? Oh, As, geez. I mean, obviously, this is a very different situation where it's like the original filmmaker left. But yeah. that's what this feels like. <laughs> to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Which I mean, is, and that was and that was also like, you know, an unsuccessful fan campaign or whatever was right. like after The Last Jedi. And I think after I, I think it's continued after Red Skywalker, too, was just like, you know, decanonize the sequel trilogy and like, you know, just let's just start over or yeah. whatever. And at, at this point, it's like, why would you even want that? Like Carrie Fisher died, so you can't have Leia in the movies anymore. Right. Uh, you know, and, you know, Harrison Ford's not going to want to do it. And like, no, no, but there's no realistic chance of any of that happening. Yeah. Uh, and it seemed like that was the case for Justice League. And, uh, you know, it turned out to not be the case. Uh, and. It's very strange. It's kind of like a once in a lifetime situation that I don't think will be replicated again. So, you know, in its own unique way, I think it is kind of interesting phenomenon. Yeah, it's a shame it has to be this one. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I would I would have much rather have been like the Lord of Miller cut a solo. You know, right. that's, that's the movie I wish I could have seen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And I they do want to talk it. about it was there. <laughs> I want to talk about the epilogue uh, too for a second, oh, yeah. because what the fuck was that? That was nothing. So, so there's a couple of epilogues. Which one are you talking about? Well, okay. The, the chapter is just called epilogue and then it's all of the post-credit scenes. Yeah. Before <laughs> like the credits. It, to, yeah. It's like 20 minutes of scenes that would have been post-credit scenes where Martian Manhunter shows up to Batman. Okay, cool. We're setting up that sequel. That's not a thing. 
Uh, yes. You know what was hilarious is um, because it, this movie reveals that Harry Lennox was Martian Manhunter the whole time. Yeah. Uh, and Her- Harry Lennox was a guy who played like a, a general in Man of Steel and Batman for Superman. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, remember I noticed he turns into him and I was like, that's probably supposed to mean something, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, the thing is, I was wa- I, I've been going to the gym recently, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hot mic 2021. That's it's right. happening. White boy uh, summer. It's going to be a hot mic summer, Mike. Is uh, I'm declaring it right now. Uh, it's going to be me and Chet Hanks. We're going to be hanging out at the gym every day. That's it's going right. to be great. But yeah, so I've, I've been going to the gym recently. And when you go to the gym and you're on the treadmill, uh, there's always like, you know, TVs in front of you and the sound is off. Right. Like, but you just have the TVs playing in front of you. And one of those TVs is always on TNT, like no matter what. <laughs> Fuck it's yeah. always on TNT. And so I've seen a lot of uh, Denzel Washington movies with the sound off recently. I've seen a lot of Liam Neeson movies with the sound off recently. Um, but TNT has also recently been playing a lot of the DC movies. And uh, the other day, they were showing Man of Steel. And uh, so I was on the treadmill and I was listening to a podcast and watching Man of Steel on silent. Uh-huh, <laughs> and uh-huh. I kept seeing Harry Lennox in scenes. And I was like, oh, it's Martian Manhunter, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and it's and again, there's nothing in those movies to indicate that he is Martian Manhunter. <laughs> Nope. Which and and you and you said who is Martian Manhunter? So I'm guessing you're not even familiar with the character. I, I at mean, all, right? no, I do. I like in a par- very passing uh, cultural osmosis way. I know who Martian Manhunter is and what he does. Uh, okay. But like, where's where's he been in the, all the other movies? What is this? <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. So yeah, God, if you had more to add, go ahead. Yeah, well, it, it is also so weird when Martian Manhunter first shows up in the Snyder Cut because yeah. it, it's the scene immediately following. Uh, so it's like Martha Kent, Superman's mom, Diane Lane, Hart. Um, yep. and, and also Amy Adams, Lois Lane, two different lanes, the actress and the character, mm-hmm. uh, very weird. But anyway, Diane Lane, Amy Adams, they're together and, uh, you know, they're in Amy Adams apartment. And this is also one of those things I saw side by side of with the original cut of the movie. Um, uh, because in the original version of this scene, Lois Lane is in the daily planet and she's like in a big bustling workplace. And like, right. you know, there's kind of, there's like jokes that are being cracked here and there. And, you know, Diane Lane like waves off like, Oh, I lost the house, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, and and in this version, it is this very somber scene where Lois like hasn't left her apartment in weeks and, you know, hasn't been to work in a long time because she's still mourning the death of Superman. And this is like, you know, Martha Kent's, uh, you know, approaching Lois and being like, you got to get back out in the world. Like, and yes, I lost my house. And it's like this really like tough moment for the both of them. And it's a really like it's a nice scene. And then it's immediately undercut because as soon as Martha Kent leaves the apartment, she transforms into Harry Lennox and then transforms into Martian Manhunter. <laughs> Yeah, the other other way around. Martian Manhunter first, and then Harry Lennox. Okay, yes. Uh, it, it was actually, so Martha Kent didn't visit Lois Lane at all in that scene. It was Martian Manhunter <laughs> pretending to be Martha Kent, encouraging Lois to get back to work, I guess because like she plays a key role in whatever future endeavors yeah. are happening or whatever, because that's what they're hinting at towards the end, right? Right, yeah. It talks about uh, Batman has the vision where he says, like, oh, Lois Lane is the key or whatever. And then yes. also it seems to be that's what they're talking about when he's talking to Joker and Joker's like, you had to let her die or whatever kind of thing. Uh, yeah. It's like, seems to be that's their fault. Um, right. And so in that future, Lois Lane and Harley Quinn both dead. Uh, right. And also Deadshot. What's is that his name? No. Uh, uh, Deathstroke. Deathstroke. Deadshot is Will Smith's character from Suicide Squad. Right. They're all the same. Uh, Super yes. Assassin Man uh, is there. <laughs> <laughs> and I forget who else. Cyborg. Yeah, immediate, immediate, it's it's Deathstroke immediately following the other post credit scene where he's like hired to kill Batman or something. He's introduced. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he's introduced to kill Batman. And then the next scene is that like future nightmare sequence where Deathstroke is part of the team. Right. Uh, super weird. But yeah, it's like Deathstroke, Cyborg, Batman, the Flash. And, and then also like Mira from Aquaman, Amber yeah. Heard's character. <laughs> yeah. That was and cool. the Joker. 
And then the Joker, uh, that's shitty. Um, I don't know. It felt like, I mean, I know we talked about that, like, oh, we have the Joker and the Batman and they never meet in the cinematic universe so far. So they wrote this scene so that they do. Who cares? Why? It's a nonsense. It's a nonsense scene. This and is it's nothing. Just, it's, it's so weird. And it's like hinting at like, it's like this weird post-apocalyptic thing where it's called a nightmare with a K because it's Batman. And uh, yeah, it's like this post-apocalyptic thing where Lois is dead, Harley Quinn's dead, the world is, you know, a desolate wasteland, and also Superman is evil now, yeah. uh, which also undercuts the ending of this movie, which ends with Superman, like, you know, attaining his goodness again, right? Like, he's right. like, because it starts off with him returning from the dead, which that happens at like the two hour mark in this version. Yeah, um, I think it's even which, later, but yeah. I, I think it is even later, yeah. Uh, and so, but like roughly around there. Uh, and, you know, he returns from the dead and he attacks them at first because he's like, you know, s- sort of evil and confused. But, you know, he comes back to the good side and Lois like calms him down. And he's like, the movie ends with like, you know, him like, you know, opening his suit and you see the S and it's like, oh man, he's Superman again. Good he's for back. him. And then, like, the ne- the post credit scene is like, and now Superman's evil again, and he's killed the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so really, that can, and then that's, I think that's the last one. It might be. And, yeah, it really leaves, like, just a weird taste in my mouth, because uh, it's like, what is this? What are, what are these 20 minutes of setting up sequels? That's not going to happen. What's yeah. the point? What's the point of these four-hour movies? What, what was this? Why'd this happen? I want my four hours back. Yeah, that's, that's uh, my take actually, on Snyder Cut. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair enough. I mean, it's actually not the last one because the next one is when uh, Ben oh, Affleck wakes up. Right. And he because he woke up from that nightmare and then he like le- walks out and Martian Manhunter like approaches him. And, yeah. uh, you and know, then he's then like, soon, oh, we, we're going to have to do stuff soon. <laughs> I must go. My people need me. And he slowly floats out of frame. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, weird, uh, weird movie for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Like do you have any, yeah. Do you have any any positive notes, like any scenes that you did like in the center cut um, that you want I, to quickly highlight? Yeah, quick highlight. I think, uh, like I said, that kind of relay race in in Themyscira when Steppenwolf shows up to get the mother box there is pretty cool. Just because the Amazons fucking rock and they're they're fun to watch. And then that big battle, uh, like we battle for Middle Earth, I'll just call it. <laughs> um, yes, because that's where, what it is. Yeah, it's uh, the old. You know, you get to see uh, Zeus and and Artemis, I think, and you know, old gods. There's a Green Lantern, like an ancient Green Lantern is there. Yeah. Or a lantern or whatever, and to see all, all the all the different races kind of reunite unite to fight uh, Dark Side in this kind of cool epic fantasy battle uh, was pretty neat. Like if it was like, I, give me that movie. I want a movie set there, uh, like in ancient before times. Um, that'd be neat. Uh, yeah, but who gives a shit, really? Um, <laughs> yeah, you know? I will say I, I want to highlight one thing that uh, I think I forgot to mention when we uh, recorded it the first, like when I talked about this movie the first time is that there's the one, the, the flashes introduction scene. I think is really good. I like Ugh. that scene a lot. Ugh. You don't like that one. <laughs> I like that oh, one. When a lot. he saves that girl from the car accident. That, okay. That yes. was the one scene where I was like, this is 10 minutes long. Could have been two. <laughs> uh, I, I like it. that scene a lot. I, I think especially cause I like the visualization of the flashes powers. Like when he starts running and his shoes explode, I think is very cool. Very cool. Uh, you know, and stuff like that. Yes, it could have been shorter. I agree with you. Um, but this is also, I think going into this movie, like, you know, I knew it was going to be four hours long. I knew it was going to be super self-indulgent. So I think I just like allowed that to like, <laughs> like just yeah. affect my viewing of it. Like as long as you go in knowing like this is going to be really long and are just allow yourself to be absorbed by uh, the runtime, <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that was just the one scene I forgot uh, <laughs> that like I actively was like, OK, OK, he saves the girl. <laughs> okay. Okay. He saves the girl. Stop touching her. Stop. Stop putting your hands on her while she can't say no. Stop. Stop touching her, please. This is going on for so long. Okay. Finally, it's over. Uh, like it just it felt me feel really uncomfortable with that, like that actual aspect. And then it did take just so fucking long. 
Yeah, but you do get a slow mo shot of a hot dog uh, leaving its bun. I believe, True. right? Is that I what you, you is do. that what it is? <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's at least flying through the air, and then yes. there's the funny payoff where he feeds it to the dogs. Yes, pretty solid. And I did I did like Ezra Miller in this movie uh, more than I did in the first one or the original yeah. cut. And you know, Ray Fisher I think gets a lot more to do in this one. And I think I think the cyborg stuff is really is good. You know, it's not great yeah. or anything, but I think it's a, it's a good arc and like actually gives that character something to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anytime Joe Morton is around. Love it. Yeah, he's Love great. He's great. Uh, I still think Henry Cavill got a bad deal with these movies, uh, you yeah. know, because because he can be very good, very charming. You know, we've seen him in like, you know, Man from Uncle and Mission Impossible and yeah. all that stuff. You're a fan of him on The, the Witcher, right? The Witcher, he's, yeah. Uh, but, and, and the original version of this movie, the Joss Whedon version, which I think this is a point in the theatrical cut's favor, um, kind of creates a Superman that is closer to like what I imagine Superman to be, like closer to a Christopher Reeve uh, mm-hmm. type thing like he actually gets to smile a little bit uh and yeah. all that kind of stuff and crack a couple of jokes and in this movie he's still just the grim dark superman that you saw in man of steel and batman for superman uh and it's not a, not a version of superman that i've really really ever been on board with uh so you get more of that in this one basically yeah uh, there I, I don't know if you if there's this the shot probably not because that was actually a joss whedon reshoot as i'm t- talking about it where he has the mustache very obviously digitally removed uh yeah which sucks. That's gone. So like, you can't laugh at that. Um, <laughs> you can't laugh at the mustache cut anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You can't laugh. Uh, they cut the dialogue out of the moment when Aquaman lands on the Batmobile and goes, yeah, yeah. Cause he still <laughs> lands on the Batmobile. Like that scene is still there. There's just no dialogue. Like he doesn't say that. Yeah. He does say my man. Though, he does. At some point. Yeah. He when does, when he Cyborg throws him later, he's like my man or catches him. Yes. Uh, he says it, which is, yeah, funny. It, it is also so weird to be going back to this movie and watching it. Like after, a couple of other of these heroes have broken out in their own movies. Like Gal Gadot has, you know, the Wonder Woman movies and Jason Moa has Aquaman and stuff like those movies were pretty big. And now it's just, it's weird that this existed and like, we never talk about it ever again. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It was weird too. There was a couple, there's a couple moments uh, where Wonder Woman talks about like, I lost the person I loved and I never saw him again. And all, all the shit it was like, but Wonder Woman 84 <laughs> technically happened yes. before this movie. Right. Uh, but they didn't know that when they did this movie in 2017. So it's yeah. like a weird thing. But yeah, yeah it's like, and I thought that too. I was like, yeah, that happened twice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. For you. Uh, I hope that's a recurring thing in all the Wonder Woman movies. Like every, every one of them has them bring back uh, Steve Trevor in some ridiculous way, like you know, some way that could never possibly be explained easily. Yeah. Uh, and, and he has to go away at the end of every movie. Mm. Yeah. And then uh, Ben Affleck is Batman. He's, I feel like there's been a cult of people who are actually like genuinely appreciative of Ben Affleck as Batman that like really enjoy that, like his portrayal of the character. Fucking nerds. Uh, I've never really felt it. Like I've, I've never really been the hugest fan of Ben Affleck as Batman. I think he's fine in the role, I guess I do like his uh, rapport with Jeremy Irons Yeah, uh, as Alfred. They're solid together, but like, I think you know him as Batman. He's, he's okay. He's fine. Yeah. It's like, whatever. Uh, like so much of this, my reaction to this movie is like, yeah, fine, what, like, there's nothing. There's not like, I, yeah. I don't feel strongly either way other than that. I'm mad at wasted four hours, but yeah, there, I did remember too getting angry the first time uh, or not angry. That's a strong thing, but thinking it was very silly that like when he's in the bat suit, he's got this vocal thing going where like, like yeah. not even is he doing a Batman voice, but like his voice is modulated, but his mouth is exposed in the, th- like, it th- like, <laughs> <Yeah>. like what? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a silly movie. Uh, It's a silly movie. You know, part of me, I I am apologetic that you had to watch this, Mike, because once again, I I wasn't even going to put this into the list, into the into the poll. And it kind of just happened last minute. And then it won somehow. The Snyder fans won out. You're not going to. I was just following orders your way out of this, Mike. (laughs) 
<laughs> you're right. You're right. This is entirely on me. And uh, I am also well aware that you can now use Mike Makes Mike Watch for any kind of revenge watch sometime in the future. Like, you can make me watch anything. Oh, my uh, God. It's it's definitely, uh, you know, the ball's in your court now. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But all right. I think we've talked about Zack Snyder's Justice League enough for several podcasts. I got my uh, half hour in. That's enough. You got you got your half hour in. I did my half hour a while ago. So I think <laughs> we finally we finally closing the book on the Snyderverse for good this time. Unless and opening the book of Saw. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been watching the Saw movies, Mike. <laughs> That's a different episode. I, we'll come back I've to been, that. I have opened the book of Saw. I've watched the first five Saw movies in the last <laughs> couple of weeks. And uh, I watched three of them yesterday. Uh, and, uh, I'm fully in the saw verse now, Mike, I, I, yeah. I've opened the book. Uh, I will be watching spiral when that comes out in two weeks. Uh, but all right, let's get into uh, our discussion of crimson tide. As you no doubt heard my exo has appendicitis. Your name was at the top of the list. That's good to know, sir. It was a short list. There's trouble in Russia. So they called us. And we're going over there and bringing the most lethal killing machine ever devised. The last time we hit this state of emergency was 32 and a half years ago during the Cuban Missile Crisis. So this is what it's all about, gentlemen. It's what we train for. Submerge the ship. Diving officer, submerge the ship. Make it depth 150 feet. On the 1MC. Dive, dive. This year... We have a properly formatted emergency action message from National Command Authority. What we've always known. Bravo, Echo, Echo, Charlie, Alpha. Becomes what we've always feared. Gentlemen, this is the captain. Russian rebels have threatened to launch against our country and are fueling right now. This is not a drill. Now. Sir, we have a possible submerged submarine. You find out who that is. Receiving emergency action message. Recommend alert one. The battle for survival begins. That's a message fragment. Sir, we don't know what this message means. Our target package could have changed. I've made a decision. There's no place for fear. He's lost his nerve. I'd rather go down myself and get this one wrong. There's no room for mistakes. If we launch and we're wrong, what's left of Russia is going to launch at us. I'm captain of this boat. I don't have to think this over. There's no time for doubt. The missile system's ready to launch in six minutes. You repeat this order or I'll find somebody who will. Hell no, you won't, sir. And nothing can stop the tide. the trailer for Crimson Tide, a movie from 1995 directed by Tony Scott and starring Denzel Washington, Gene Hackman, George Zunza, Matt Craven, Viggo Mortensen, James Gandolfini, Rocky Carroll, and a lot more. Uh, so, Mike, why did you want to make me watch Crimson Tide for this podcast? Um, this is the movie I talked about. You know, I think I used it in our discussion a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yeah. And you, you, you mentioned, you know, the, the rarity that you had never seen it. And it just felt like a movie that would be straight up your alley, you know, mid 90s kind of 
action mm, three i'd rather say thriller i guess uh, it's not like quite an action 90s action yeah. movie has a certain connotation big big stars tony scott highly you know highly stylized uh it's kind of a foundational movie for me and my family i talked about it. that's why you made the joke in the beginning with the con thing passing the <laughs> yes. tv remote around the, the uh, first time they said uh hey uh captain's got the con or whatever in the movie uh i i said to myself oh hey that's the thing that mike quotes all the t- that quotes with his family all the time that's the thing and then they said it like 50 more times throughout <laughs> the movie and i was like oh i could see why it like wormed its way into their brains uh, <laughs> Constantly. Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah, it just seemed like a movie that I uh, had the suspicion you think would you would think rocks. Uh, so I wanted I wanted you to to enjoy that. And I wanted to give you a great movie, you know, like a friend does. <laughs> <laughs> I tried, man. I was going to have you watch Jackie Brown. <laughs> I, I genuinely thought Jackie Brown was going to win. I thought that your friends would not want you to suffer through Snyder cuts. No. I know that I know that I have friends who wanted you to watch it, but I thought your friends were. Uh, <laughs> We're a little bit of a higher class than you mine. Know what? Uh, I, I'll be honest. What I planned originally to do or was going to try to do yesterday was also watch Brain Damage, which is what I voted for. And then uh, when you asked me about Snyder Cut, I would say that it was nothing and then go straight into my talk about Brain Damage. <laughs> but I, can't, I couldn't find Brain hour. Damage. You can <laughs> find it's it not anywhere? on Shutter anymore. Yeah, it's gone. Oh, man, that's a bummer. Yeah, uh, it, so is, you're it is lucky. available on. Yeah, it's on Arrow Blu-ray, which obviously you couldn't get on short notice. But yeah. uh, that's where I have it. And it's it's very good. Nice. Also, I did, I did want to mention this because I, I mentioned it at the top of the podcast and forgot to talk about it when we actually talked about the movie. But I did give you the out for the Snyder Cut. Oh, I yeah, said, you uh, did. You know, at, at, when the poll was turning that way and it was clear that like this was probably going to win unless Mike did some like heavy campaigning to get it <laughs> to not happen, which I thought you might do. Yeah. Uh, you really did. You really did. You, uh, you just let, let the poll do its thing. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, when it when it was turning that way, I did text you and I said, listen, uh, I feel bad about this. <laughs> um I'm going to give you the option to tap out at the two hour mark of the Snyder Cut. So that way it's like you've watched like a full feature. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you watch like a feature length thing. Uh, and then if you're, if you're not feeling it, you can tap out. If you are feeling it, you can watch the rest of it. You know, no worries. And then you were like, no, I'm going to respect the results of, uh, of this thing. Yeah. I think having my friend there who also, uh, my friend I was watching with has never watched any of the DC movies. So like, it was really fun to explain, <laughs> be like, Oh, so, okay. So what's happening right now? Um, so Superman and, died. Yeah, exactly. Like, so that's Lex Luthor. Um, yeah. And Wait, stuff Je- like that. Lex Luthor's Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, okay, wait. Yeah. No, no more Snyder Cut. Well, talk, tell me about your reaction to Crimson Tide. You didn't even get to talk about the Granny's Peach Tea because that was in a different movie. Uh, <laughs> That's right. But uh, yeah, Crimson Tide rules, dude. It's great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had a blast with this. Uh, watched it on Video On Demand uh, this past weekend. And uh, yeah, a, a Tony Scott thriller from the 90s. One of those things that, you know, I feel like Tony Scott's one of those filmmakers uh, that I think is a really interesting guy because he's somebody whose movies I kind of wrote off for a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I was like, oh, he makes like mindless, like action movies, whatever. Like I was, you know, pretentious film snob teenager. Uh, and I remember going to see like Unstoppable in theaters and being like, ah, whatever. Uh, like yeah. I just didn't, I didn't even care about it that much. And like, I've seen the cult around that movie grow over the past few years. And uh, since then, I mean, around that time, I think I watched True Romance uh, right. And I was like, this is Tony Scott's only good film because Quentin Tarantino wrote it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the thing. Uh, and then, you know, I kind of grew, I grew an appreciation for Tony Scott over time. You know, I, I ended up watching Enemy of the State when I was in high school and really dug that. And, uh, you know, Tony Scott also did Top Gun, which is a movie that I think I liked when I was a kid. 
And then like it became uncool to like Top Gun. Just one of those things where like, ah, it's this cheesy 80s movie, whatever. And so I, I kind of went through a phase where I didn't like Top Gun that much. I haven't seen Top Gun in a long time, but I am genuinely stoked for Top Gun 2 uh, <laughs> with Tom Cruise coming back. And so I, I will probably rewatch Top Gun at some point. But Tony Scott has a lot of very good movies to his name. He worked with Denzel Washington a lot. Uh, and you know, that's probably like his biggest collaborator over the years. And Crimson Tide might have been their first movie together. Uh, I think that's definitely possible. Um, but they also right. did, like I think they did like Man on Fire. Yeah. Uh, and I think Deja Vu was also them. And mm. uh, they you know, taking Apollo one, two, three, the remake and Unstoppable, uh, which ended up being Tony Scott's last film. Uh, for those who don't know, Tony Scott killed himself after a cancer diagnosis. He was like terminally wow. ill. And so he jumped off a bridge and it was a very shocking moment. And I remember that being honestly, that was the moment where, when that happened. And I was shocked by it. And I was like looking through Twitter and like I saw so much appreciation for Tony Scott and some of his movies. And uh, I saw a lot of love for True Romance, saw a lot of love for Crimson Tide. Uh, and I was like, OK, maybe this guy was like a better filmmaker than I ever gave him credit for. Um, and he's also the brother of Ridley Scott's, uh, right. you know, and I think what's interesting about Tony Scott is his movies are so different than Ridley Scott's movies because yeah. uh, Tony Scott makes very wild, like energetic thriller movies. That's like his wheelhouse. And he did that really, really well. And Ridley Scott typically makes very deliberate movies, you know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, he, he Ridley Scott makes Alien and Blade Runner. Like he has a couple of like all time classics to his name. And Tony Scott makes Crimson Tide. Uh, and this is like the kind of movie that he would make uh, throughout his career. And Crimson Tide is one that I had never seen and had wanted to see for a long time. And uh, you finally gave me the uh, opportunity to do so. And uh, yeah, it rocks. Denzel Washington, Gene Hackman together, like two two of the best actors of all time. And And this is like peak 90s Denzel too. Yeah. like this is like like the more and more I think about Denzel Washington and he's somebody who I've seen a decent amount of Denzel movies, but I, I feel like I haven't seen a lot, you know, but I've seen a lot of the big ones. I've seen like Malcolm X and, you know, I've seen Flight. I don't know if Flight Counts is one of the big ones, but like <laughs> but I remember being very excited for Flight. He gives great performance in that movie. And, you know, I've, I've seen him in a lot of things, but I think like 90s Denzel is just one of those things like there's very few people who have that kind of like charisma yeah. uh, in a movie. And especially with something like Crimson Tide, where, you know, he's playing off against Gene Hackman, who at this point is like a you know veteran actor, been around for decades, you know, been in movies in the 60s, 70s and 80s. Uh, and Denzel really rose like in the late 80s, early 90s. So this is like he's a relatively new star facing off against uh, this like older veteran actor. And both of them just given powerhouse performances uh, against each other. Uh, it is truly wild to watch. Yeah. Just two like absolute fucking titans like screaming at each other uh yes. it's the coolest shit ever could you like there's nobody quite in like the today class of uh actors today generation whatever you want to say it however you want to phrase that that like yeah. I, like who would be you know it's this sort of is like kind of a passing over torch it feels like you know like gene hackman was that guy and now it's sort of is becoming has become uh, Denzel in, in 95 or whatever this, in when this movie came out, like, I don't know. Imagine like, like Timothy Chalamet in this, like, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, who's the guy? That, like, who's the person that could be this kind of actor again? Um, like, tell it tight. Um, <laughs> like uh, maybe Adam driver. I don't know. Maybe, um, not uh, even quite, but yeah, I mean, Adam driver, especially for Crimson Tide, like Adam driver was in the military. So he has like this kind of True. like, I, I could see him pulling out like a really interesting performance for this kind of movie, but it wouldn't be like a Denzel performance, no. you know, like De Denzel was a true and is still like a true movie star. And he's one of the last like few real movie stars out there. And he's, you know, I, I've listened to this on like blank check uh, kind of recently because I've been going through their Zemeckis uh, series mm -hmm. uh, and they've recently talked about flight and talked about like, kind of Denzel's whole career and just talked about like in terms of actual star power and in terms of like what it means to be a movie star, uh, which if you wanted to do like a rough definition 
version of it, you can make anything and people will go to see it just for that actor. Right. Right. That kind of thing. Denzel, especially in his last like several, like 10 years or so, has made a lot of like, okay, it's a mediocre movies that are elevated because Denzel is in them. You know, he right. was most recently in uh, the little things, right? Or the littlest things or whatever it was uh, with Jared Leto. And, uh, oh yeah. Uh, you oh, watched yeah, this yeah, movie, yeah. Mike, like, like three months things, ago, yeah. you, you watched this movie on HBO Max like three months ago. You talked about it on this very podcast. I did. Uh, and was that movie not like immensely better because Denzel Washington was in it? Oh, that would have been unbearable if it wasn't <laughs> Denzel Washington. Yeah. He's the only good part. Right. Uh, and that's you know, like I was saying before, I've been watching a lot of uh, TNT on silence. Uh, and so I've seen in a few uh, Denzel movies over this the past is peak TNT on silent. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, I've not seen Crimson Tide on silent, thankfully, because I was able to watch it uh, fully immerse myself in it uh, with this version. But I like, you know, I was on the treadmill and on silent uh, Fallen was playing, uh, which is the movie where the relieved Denzel gif comes from. Uh, and I was, oh, yeah, you know, you know the gif where Denzel like, leans back in his chair and his heart goes over or his hand goes over his heart. And yeah, he, like the breathes a sigh of relief. Uh, that gif, which has been so popularly used throughout the Internet, like anytime someone's trending on Twitter and people think they're <laughs> dying and they're not. It's mm-hmm. always the gift that you see everywhere. Uh, and I was watching that movie on silent and like that scene came on and like I saw like the background and I was like, what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fell off the treadmill and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. You know, he's with he's with John Goodman in that scene, really, uh, which is wild. Yeah. On the opposite side of that gif is John Goodman smiling. That's uh, cool. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, just just like watching. And like I was thinking about this watching Crimson Tide, like the second like, nobody had a better grin than Denzel Washington. I oh. feel like that's what it is. Like nobody has yeah. like, a better like smile than he does in movies. Yeah. When he gets like I'm like the smug, I'm correct kind yes. of thing yeah like he's he's cocky but he has a heart of gold or whatever right. you know uh, he, and he he imbues his character with so much personality and part of the reason i like this movie is because uh this movie is written like this movie kind of has like shades of denzel's character being a huge nerd um yeah. which is really funny like there's you know talks about like he has conversations with gene hackman about horses and like how he knows all these different things about horses but then there's one scene which i referenced on twitter which you responded to uh where there's one point in the movie where uh danny nucci who was a uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's best friend in Titanic, the Italian right. guy. Okay. Uh, he's yeah, he's like one of the uh, the guys on the ship. And, uh, you know, he's having a big fight with this other guy. And Denzel like, comes to break it up. Like, hey, what's going on here? And it's like, oh, Captain, it's stupid. Like, don't worry about it. It's like, no, no, what's happening? It's like, well, it's, he he told me that Mobius Silver Surfer was his favorite. And I was like, no, Kirby Silver Surfer is <laughs> is the one <laughs> like that's that's the great one. And, uh, you know, Denzel, like, you know, talks through it for a little bit. Like, listen, you can't let these kind of disputes uh, get between you. And then Denzel has that like big booming shout where he's like, and every real comic book fan knows that Kirby Silver Surfer is the only real Silver Surfer. Oh, it's <laughs> so fucking good. Oh, man, it's great. Uh, and you tweeted at me saying that this, this movie actually had uh, uncredited rewrites from Quentin Tarantino, uh, which it did. And that seems like a Tarantino E line. But in fact, with a little more research, Tony Scott threw that in there himself. Uh, what? And yeah, and he said he did that as a tribute to Ridley Scott because Ridley Scott was a huge fan of the Mobius uh, Silver Surfer. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. I had and no so idea. this is this is like an actual fight they had at some point where <laughs> Tony yeah. Scott was like the Kirby Silver Surfer is the uh, is the real one. Uh, and apparently uh, he actually the, the reason this came out is because he talked to Mobius about it. There, uh, Gerard uh. is the guy's actual name, the artist who drew those Silver Surfer comics. Uh, and he talked to that artist, and uh, the artist was like. Uh, in a way, this is like the best honor I could have received to get immortalized in this uh, submarine movie with Denzel Washington and Gene Hackman. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Um, yeah, Crimson Crimson Tide, 
might be a perfect movie. <laughs> it is. It is very, very good. So the plot of this movie is that uh, war going on, like, you know, it's it's post Cold War. And uh, right. there's this dispute going on uh, in Russia and the U.S. sends like a, a submarine out uh, just in case. You know, just in case I, I like the the opening intro is like, a, you know, there are the three most powerful people in the world are the president of the United States, the president of Russia and the head of a nuclear submarine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which awesome. sets the tone for the movie. And so the U.S. sends their sub uh, out to Russia. And like if Russia makes a move, the U.S. is like designated to launch an attack, basically. Uh, and so Gene Hackman's like the head of this submarine. He's the captain. Denzel Washington's like his number two. He gets hired at the beginning of the movie and he's like the new lieutenant commander of the ship. As the movie goes on, their communications break down and they're not exactly sure what they're supposed to do. Uh, and so Gene Hackman's like ready to fire on Russia and Denzel Washington's like, no, we need to avoid war at all costs. Uh, and it's about like the mutiny in the ship and like how like those two things are clashing with each other. Uh, and so this movie is an, is an action thriller that is about not firing missiles. Yeah. <laughs> and uh. I thought that was really fun. Uh, and just the way it like ratchets up that tension, like, Oh man, are they going to fire the missiles? Are they not going to fire the missiles? Is Russia firing missiles right now? Like all right. that kind of stuff is, it's really great. Yeah. The whole thing, like they get the, they get the launch order. And before they can get the follow up verification, the radio breaks like because they're yes. also being torpedoed or death charged or so, they're being attacked. I forget. Um, yeah. And that's what the whole crux of the movie is about. The, you know, Denzel as the uh, officer commanding or whatever, uh, the second in charge uh, mutinies uh, Gene Hackman to prevent them from launching. Uh, and it all falls on Vigo Mortensen's shoulders because he's the weapons guy that has yes. to give the final order. And then that like kind of rookie no name scrub guy has to fix the radio in time. And it's just <laughs> constant. Like everybody is in a full flop sweat uh, and screaming and smoking cigarettes in a submarine, which is wild. Um, yep. Yeah. And uh, I love to it's like Pete, like just like absolute on 11 every screen the text on every screen is projected on everybody's face uh and like that <laughs> that tony's got uh you know aesthetic is just yeah that awesome. very like frantic camera work always yeah. like quickly moving and stuff it's it's really really great and they're like really effectively done this movie uh and then you know the cast surrounding denzel and hackman i mean like you said vigo mortensen's in this movie which is years before lord of the rings yeah uh you know and it's very cool to see him in this uh and uh, james gandolfini is also in this uh and i have been watching the sopranos a lot over the past year uh i'm actually almost done with the show i haven't updated anybody in my sopranos watching a while on this podcast uh but i'm about to finish season 6a so i've got like 10 episodes left of the Sopranos to go. Yeah. I started this in March, 2020 and, uh, I'm almost done, uh, over a year later with the show, but, uh, but it's, it's great. People should watch the Sopranos, but it was really fun to like go from the Sopranos and then see like, you know, James Gandolfini a few years before the Sopranos came out, uh, as like the supplies officer in this movie, who's like sort of like working for Gene Hackman. Like he's on Gene Hackman's side in the whole conflict and stuff. And yeah. he's like rallying everybody together to go against Denzel Washington. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Steve Zahn is in it. I think it's yeah. like a couple, it's got a couple lines. Steve Zahn, uh, he Rick dies. Oh, he's the guy that gets his head like exploded. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Remember uh, after they've been they sink to the bottom, I think like something happens. Yeah. Uh, and he's like trying to turn a valve and like the the pipe bursts and he gets hit with the plate off the end and dies. Right. Uh, gnarly. And I think Ryan Phillippe is in it. Yes, Did he is. He OK, it is him. Yeah, I, I didn't catch him in the movie, but I'm looking at the Wikipedia page right now. And he is he's, he's got <laughs> he's got no lines. He's the guy with the fish tank next to his bunk. If you remember uh, that. OK, gotcha. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they Just, come back to him a few times. Yeah. No lines. That's all. <laughs> yes, Ryan Phillip from uh, MacGruber, of course. Oh, who could? Yes, of course. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, man. It is just a, a perfectly tense, really fun thriller. And again, Hackman, Washington, so good against each other, especially towards the end uh, when they are like, you know, like Washington, like relieves him of his command and Hackman's like stuck in his cabin. But then the crew is like uh, mutinying again and they're taking down Washington and bringing Hackman yes. back. Uh, and then, you know, just back and forth, back and forth. Uh, you know, there's another moment where Washington uh, tell, tells the guy who has to fix the radio, like, listen, you're my Scotty from Star Trek. And, right. you know, he's just analyzing like, all these different. And that's like part of the thing that, uh, you know, when they brought in Tarantino, they're like, hey, can you lace this up with some pop culture references? The kids love these these days. <laughs> <laughs> it's the 90s now, baby. It's hammer time. That's right, baby. <laughs> yeah. And I love too the 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 generational challenge right between Hackman, who's a guy that kind of has he never seen combat? I forget. Or he's the only one that has seen combat. He I feel like I feel like he plays him as somebody who has seen combat. And, you know, Hackman at this point, probably like in his 60s or something, 50s or 60s, like he's Maybe. older. So I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if he was like a Vietnam veteran or something like yeah. that. Or that that probably would have been the era, I guess. Right. Uh, but yeah, there's that whole that whole general like shoot first. We'll figure it out later kind of thing versus, uh, you know, there's that scene where like the officers are having dinner and he asks like kind of philosophical questions to uh, yes. Denzel's character. And yeah, I forget the whole I think that's the wiser choice to have never fired a shot or whatever. He's got that like quote from some philosopher yes. about not going to war yet. He's on a, a military nuclear submarine, <laughs> you know, right to, to help them avoid going to war. Essentially, that's like right. his whole philosophy. Uh, yeah. And I like the uh, there's you know, they're they're at odds that the entire movie, but there's also a mutual respect between the two of them, yeah. uh, which is really great. And I think, you know, you get that a lot at the beginning where, you know, he hires Denzel Washington uh, and, you know, the submarines going down for the first time and they're like watching the sunset and like chomping on their cigars and, you know, Hackman's like, ah, oh, you didn't, you know, talk and spoil the moment. Good for you. Don't try to get on my good side, though, and all that, yeah. <laughs> all that stuff. Uh, but then at the end of the movie, after after the conflict has resolved, and you know, it turns out Denzel Washington was right; they weren't supposed to fire anything, and so everything is good now. Uh, you know, after the whole conflict, they're back on land, and they have this like you know standing trial between Washington and Hackman. They kind of like end things with like a mutual nod. Uh, like, you yeah. know, they just kind of like nod at each other and are like, OK, they have like a nice moment uh, where they understand that, uh, you know, they were both in the right and in the wrong at the same time. And, uh, you know, the U.S. is like, like, well, shit, what do we do in this situation? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He kind of admits because there's also like so there's the generational thing, which I tweeted about this because I felt so smart when I caught on to it. And it's very obvious with the different stopwatches they use. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, Hackman uses the analog one. Washington uses like a digital stopwatch. Um, anyway, uh, but there's also like this weird racial thing going on, too, because when they talk about the horses, and I forget exactly what hap- what the line is, but there's like a thing that ha- Gene Hackman says, like, oh, they say these horses, when they're born, they're all black or all yeah. white. I forget what the what order it is, but it's like this weird racial charge that all of a sudden shows up and then last third of this movie. Yeah. Um, like what Washington's like, yeah, they're born white, but they turn black. And then Hackman's like, eh, I didn't know that. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but then that's what he, he, he like, I think kind of corrects or tries to correct Washington or something. At yeah. The end there. Well, I think he, he tries to correct, um, because he says they come from Portugal. That's it. And, uh, Washington's like, oh, no, I'm pretty sure they come from Spain. And it's like, ah, oh, I'm pretty sure they come from Portugal. And then they're like last moment at the end after right. the trial, uh, which the trial ends with, you know, Washington, um, you know, taking on a command of his own sub, uh, while Hackman gets like an early retirement. That ends with, uh, you know, Hackman being like, Hey, you were right. They come from Spain. And, uh, then the movie ends, they walk, Roll. they go their separate ways. Roll credits. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's what I was gonna say. It's a really cool like moment where they kind of old man yells at cloud admits that he was wrong. <laughs> 
exactly. And it is, and that is like the that moment of like passing of the torch kind of thing, like you said. Like yeah. that's it just feels like, oh yeah, this you know, great esteemed actor is passing on the torch to this younger esteemed actor, and uh it's pretty awesome. Tony Scott's next movie after this might have been Enemy of the State, actually. I think he I mean, I think his nineties period was I had true romance, Crimson Tide, Enemy of the State all in the nineties. Like that's a pretty solid run of movies right there. I think yeah. Days of Thunder is also a Tony Scott movie. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't know. Um, never seen, never seen that one. Enemy of the State would be around here. I think that's like ninety seven, ninety eight. So yeah, that's that ninety eight. Yeah, which was um, another uh, staple in the Decretio household. Big Tony Scott fans, you guys. Another are, Gene Hackman uh, sort of conversation spiritual sequel. It's really weird. Yeah, Gene Hackman with Will Smith, uh, a, a movie that I have not seen since high school, but a movie I really, really liked. Uh, that's just a really. Cool yeah, technically, thriller. you've seen it, but I'm just going to write it down just in case, you know, uh, <laughs> just in case you want an excuse to watch Enemy of the State again. Is, uh, uh, basically. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, Crimson Tide. It is very, very good. I think a really just solid, economical, really fun thriller. Incredible performances from Washington and Hackman. Cool direction by Tony Scott. Uh, a relic of the 90s uh, that more people should talk about. I also do like at the end of the movie. Uh, and I remember. The Slash Filmcast was talking about Crimson Tide kind of recently. I mean, I say recently, but I'm like five months behind on my podcast. So yeah. this was like a little while ago, but it was recorded sometime in 2020. And, you know, the Slash Filmcast sort of faced with a similar problem that we did for a while where, uh, you know, they didn't have anything to review because there was no movies coming out for 2020. So they were just like talking about whatever. And uh, they ended up talking about Crimson Tide for a little bit. And uh, I think... Dave Chen on Slash Filmcast mentioned that, uh, you know, the ending of The Crimson Tide is uh, the ending message at the very end is meant to be very reassuring, which is like, you know, the U.S. after this date will no longer allow submarine captains to, you know, do like launch nukes on their own. Now they got to go through the president of the United States. And like at that point, I was like, oh, that's this is the mid 90s. This is a very reassuring statement to say. Uh, But like watching it in 2020, like Donald Trump is the president. It's like, oh, no. (laughs) Like you're watching (laughs) Yeah. What have they done? Uh, <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, which is a pretty funny way to, to look at the movie now. But uh, but yeah, I, I think the movie really holds up. I think it's a really great action thriller thing. I, I really don't have like that much to say about it other than it was really cool. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you just, know? it's just really fucking exciting somehow. Yeah. It's just dudes it's, arguing on a boat and it yeah. fucking rocks. There's a submarine underwater for a while. And I think it's, it would make a really great double feature, I think, uh, with The Hunt for Red October. Uh, yeah. which also a submarine movie, but that movie is a much more like prestige submarine movie, I guess like that yeah. that's a movie that feels like, you know, it's, it's attempting to be a, a larger thing. Whereas Crimson Tide is like, this is a cool thriller. Uh, and so I think if you watch like Hunt for Red October first and then cool it down with Crimson Tide, that'd be a really fun, like submarine double feature. Hell yeah. I get on board with that. And I feel like I probably have done that many times on TNT. <laughs> <laughs> On silent while you're running the treadmill on the gym. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And a uh, fun detail that took me until literally the last time I watched it, that the movie is called Crimson Tide because the boat is the USS Alabama <laughs> and the co- Alabama University College of Alabama, whatever their college football team from Alabama is the Crimson Tide. Oh, OK. Uh, we did it. We there did sports. Go. Colin, you're welcome. <laughs> He's been waiting for so long uh, yes. to get a sports thing in there. Uh, yeah. All right. So any, any other thoughts about Crimson Tide, Mike, before we start wrapping this up? Um, no, I'm really glad that you that you uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, and and I love this movie. <laughs> kind of want to rewatch it again. Uh, and, and, and now, Mike, finally, you have the con. I do have the con. And the captain has the con. And he has the con. And she has the con. Uh, <laughs> Everybody's got the con on this boat. Everybody's got the con. So why don't you? Uh, 
anyway, uh, all right. So that's Crimson Tide and Zack Snyder's Justice League movies that uh, are equally great. No, uh, <laughs> complete and opposite ends <laughs> of the fun time spectrum. Yeah, at least for Mike Decrescio. I think Zack Snyder's Justice League is more interesting than he's giving a credit for. But, you know, uh, Crimson Tide, though, both in agreement. It's really good. Yes. Uh, highly recommend. Cool. 1995. Tony Scott thriller. Uh, and I should I, there are you know, blanks in the Tony Scott filmography that uh, I should fill in because he was a, re- a really good filmmaker, you know, and one that, you know, I, th- I think if Tony Scott was making movies now and like making the same movies and putting them out, uh, like each of his movies would be considered like, oh my God, this is incredible because it, they'd be like, so yeah. they're so markedly different from the kind of movies that get made today, you know, in terms of just like having like, oh, well-crafted thrillers for adults. These are rare now, <laughs> right? you know, like I, mostly, uh, mostly it's superhero movies now. So it's, it would be nice to have some Crimson Tides thrown in there once in a while. Exactly. A break up the monotony. Uh, with a mutiny. <laughs> <laughs> and I just actually bought his first movie, Tony Scott's first movie on from the Warner archive four for 44 thing, uh, which I forget what it's called. Uh, the hunger, which the uh, hunger. I also bought on Blu-ray nice. at the Warner, the Warner four for 44 thing, which uh, stars David Bowie, I believe. Right. Yeah. And it's like a vampire erotic movie. Uh, yeah. So that'll be really fucking cool. And I've heard not in line with any other movie he's ever made. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so definitely interested to check that out at some point. Nice. All right. So I think that's going to be it for uh, this week's episode of Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. Mike, where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MD Film Blog on Twitter and Letterboxd. And if you'd like to donate to support the show, you can do that at our Kofi page, which is Kofi.com slash Mike and Mike Pods, plural, because we have two podcasts. Yes, we do. And you can find me online at uh, M Smith Film Blog on Twitter, Mike Smith Film on Letterboxd, Radio Mike Sandwich on Instagram. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. I'm Mike Smith. That's my decree show. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. If you want to contact us, you can hit us up at Mike and Mike Pod on Twitter. You can find the rest of our podcast on Rapture press alongside the totally original geek news podcast which is a podcast about all kinds of comic books and movie news and all that good stuff so for our next episode we are bringing back returning guest of the show vin craig uh who has been on many many times in the past uh but yes. this time let's talk about a movie that he's in uh <laughs> yeah shoplifters of the world uh was released on video on demand i believe at the end of march uh or like beginning of march some sometime in march it's been out for a few weeks now yeah. uh vin craig is in it he's not like a major role or anything but he is definitely like you know he's prominently featured in the trailer which yeah. is very cool uh and so we're going to talk to him about the movie kind of get some behind the scenes insight on the making of it i think it's going to be a lot of fun i talked to vin today a little bit and uh, he also showed me that he's in a new owen wilson movie uh which <laughs> is wild uh it's in a movie where owen wilson plays uh, a character similar to bob ross it's like inspired by bob ross it's called paint Interesting. Or it's called paint it's called paint right now and i don't know if that's a working title or anything um but i had heard about that movie like you know being made and it's filming in new york vin happens to be in it don't know what his role is but we'll talk about it with him next week nice. uh, so that should be really cool i told him this is his like backdoor way to getting into loki season two uh that's which, right wouldn't that be wild if like one of our friends was in the Marvel universe? Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> that'd be the fucking coolest. Yeah. That'd be the wildest. So yes, fingers crossed that that happens. I mean, that's a long shot, but you never know. Uh, but anyway, Vin Craig shoplifters of the world talking about that next week. In the meantime, the complete works is back to covering Nicholas cage for the time being. And this week we're releasing our episode on color out of space, uh, which is a very fun movie that we like a lot. Yeah. We, we talk about it for a very long time. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> and that's the end of this week's episode of a Mike and Mike go to the movies. We'll see you on the other side.